It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between, we'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey Sunday edition. I'm coming to you on a Sunday because we are... Uh, in the midst or at the tail end of the Thanksgiving break. Now, I have not talked to you. I think the last new episode was Wednesday's episode with Uba. Oh, my gosh, you guys. I'm saying it right. If you did not listen to that Uba interview, the way I think about that Uba interview, first off, miracle, because I thought uh, I thought I the dog ate my homework and I wasn't going to be able to release it because I couldn't find the audio. But if you're a fan of Uba from Real Housewives of New York, you're going to continue to be a fan. But if you weren't a fan of Uba, I think you will actually start becoming a fan of Uba because of that interview. It's something I'm really proud of. and I don't want that to get lost in the Thanksgiving mix. So if you uh, if you haven't, Go back and listen to that episode. I'm really, really proud of that. How the heck are you guys doing? I feel like I haven't, I feel like it's been years. How was your Thanksgiving? Listen, I'm not going to tell you everything about my Thanksgiving because I'm going to save that for the Monday episode. Today is a Real Housewives of Salt Lake City recap because that came out this past Tuesday and I want to try to do every episode. I also got a Beverly Hills recap coming at you as well. So there's going to be a lot of Ryan in a short amount of time, but hopefully you can handle it. Hopefully you can show up or at least download all it. Just pretend that you listen to all of these because uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm egocentric. I need it. <laughs> I'm here in beautiful Gilbert, Arizona. If you're watching this on YouTube, I've got to, I've got to get some kind of green screen or something because I'm in my parents' tiny little office, which was like my niece and nephew's playroom. And uh, it has like crosses on the way. There's like a real weird menagerie of decorations up. Um, but I'm here. Dad's in the other room watching football. He just made me a BLT, a bacon lettuce, or BLET, a, a bacon lettuce egg tomato sandwich, which was it was actually pretty effing amazing. Uh, but I'll tell you all about my Thanksgiving on Monday's episode and all the ins and outs, because I know if you listen to the show, you know, I was worried about it. Uh, and it's uh, it's been good. It's been sad. It's been some of it. I mean, mainly good and sad, but but a lot of good, a lot of good. Um, I will tell you, though, it is interesting. This is the longest I've gone without recording and it's only been like two and a half days of like not picking up a microphone. And it felt really, I felt like a, an addict coming down. I was like, uh, I'll suck your D for a microphone. Let me on that thing. <laughs> then today I was like, I got to do it. I just got to do it. I didn't want to because there was something so nice about just watching TV without, with reckless abandon, without regard. Like, I don't have to tell my thoughts about any of this. I watch so much TV, you guys. I'll probably talk about that on Monday's episode, too. I watch all the Squid Game episodes on Netflix, that reality series. I watch Survivor. I watched uh, Kardashians, which we got to talk. Oh, man, that North. That North. I, You know what? I've predicted this from day one. I said North was going to grow up a bully. And I feel like I... I feel like I'm a clairvoyant. I feel like I, I I can I'm a prognosticator. I can tell the future. 
Um, also, I'm on Christian Doty's podcast. I talked about this on Wednesday's episode as well. Sex lies. Uh, sex. What is it called? Sorry. <laughs> I'm a pro- this is what you call professionalism, you guys. Uh, sex lies. God, what? It- Sorry, guys. Is it sex lives? Sex. I'll just well, let's figure this out together as a family. Uh, it's called uh, Sex Love. Uh, why am I going Sex Lies? Sex Love and What Else Matters with Kristen Doty. I'm on this week's episode recapping a season two Vanderpump episode. And I'm curious what you think about it. I was I was like truly being a kid in a weird candy store of just being able to talk to Kristen Doty about her own behavior in that episode. And it it's very interesting to go back and watch these shows in especially now in hindsight of watching season 10 of Vanderpump Rules. But who knows? Listen, if Tom Sandoval, if he wins Special Forces, the season finale is this Monday. If he wins Special Forces, it's it's official. He has completed the, winning back the, the good name of Sandoval, and he's completely forgiven by everybody in America if he wins Special Forces. Now, if Nick Vialli wins, I don't know what happens then. But I, listen, my prediction on that, I think Tyler Cameron's going to win. I would love to see Jojo Siwa win. I wanted, I've watched every episode of that special forces. I don't think, uh, I don't think I should probably find it as funny as I do. Like it is one of, it's just so funny how serious they all take themselves. Also, I laugh at it because I would not be able to complete day one of special forces. I would just be like, ah, I'm out. Like the, like even a light jog, I can't do. Like, I'm like, Ooh, a light jog. Like when I see them lightly jog anywhere, I'm like, Ooh, that looks rough. And that's even, that's the easy part of it. Like I would just, it, it, but also I would not be dumb enough to ever agree to be on that show. Cut to 10 years later. Here I am. Special Forces season 40. Ryan Bailey, podcaster. Um, I hope everybody truly did have this uh, amazing Thanksgiving. What a weird uh, couple of days, but in the best way. But it's great, though. It's like. It's like a uh, for me, it's been like a peek into the future of what the future is going to be like in terms of my family and how Christmas is going to go this year. And and uh, I've got a lot of hope. I've got a lot of hope after this. I mean, I didn't have I didn't not have hope, but it was it was good to kind of rip that bandaid off and kind of sit in those feelings and see what that's going to be like. And um, you know what? I'm, I said I'm not going to talk about I'm going to talk about this on Monday's show. So, yeah, this is just a straight up recap. This is how. <laughs> You guys that listen to me, you know, you're like, there he goes off on a tangent. Also, my sister made me go see the uh, the Hunger Games movie with her. It's always interesting to see a movie that you had no plan in seeing ever. Like there was I I read the Hunger Games books. Yeah, I'm a reader. Um, and I saw maybe like the first two movies of the Hunger Games. And I was like, ah, I like the books better. And uh, that was it. And then they have a prequel Hunger Games movie that I guess they wrote a book about. I don't know. But my sister wanted to see it. So me, my sister and dad, we went to see it yesterday. I had no plan in seeing this movie. I really knew little to nothing about this movie. And I feel like that's the way we got to go into movies nowadays. It's just like, just pick a movie and just go to it. It was actually so much more enjoyable that I didn't know anything about the movie. Like, obviously, I know there's like the Hunger Games, but it was like kind of enjoyable. Like I thought I I expected to be miserable and I turned out to actually like it. So I don't know what that tells you. I don't know. Just go just go try things, you guys. I mean, not in your actual life. I'm just talking about watching shows like just just entertainment wise. Just try things that you never think you would like. You know, the Hunger Games movie was the equivalent of Brussels sprouts to me as a kid. 
Um, this is when I wish I could take callers because I would just love to talk to you guys about your Thanksgiving. Cause that could be a whole episode right there. Oh my gosh. Oh God. I got so many ideas for episodes. Okay. Anyways, I'm actually now, okay. I was kind of like not looking forward to talking, but now I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, I got this. I'm excited to be with you guys. It is just weird to have a couple days off. And I was like, you could just really get in the habit of just not doing anything. It's really nice. Um, but t- taking callers, that reminds me, I'm going to be on Wednesday. I got to drive back to Arizona Tuesday night because Wednesday morning, I'll be on the Jeff Lewis live after show on Sirius XM. Um, I was on this past Wednesday morning before I drove back to Arizona and it was a lot of fun. So this Wednesday it's 10 AM Pacific standard time directly after the Jeff Lewis show on radio Andy. And then you switch over to the Jeff Lewis channel, which is seven, eight, nine. What I told the Patreon, which by the way, hello, Patreon baddies. Remember, we're going to do a Patreon live Monday at 5 PM Pacific standard time, 8 PM Eastern standard time. It'll be an hour long gabs gab fest with me. You can ask questions. We'll have We'll have fun. And if you can't make it, you'll be able to hear it or watch it live on the Patreon later. I think five bucks a month, you get access to like 400 other episodes that haven't been on the main feed, blah, 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 blah. But it's going to be a lot of fun. So join us if if you'd like to. I think it'll be fun to kind of wrap up Thanksgiving with you guys. But uh, that day, I told the Patreon, because uh, I recorded a, a mini episode in the car on the way down, Um is that John Mayer's uh, John Mayer has a serious XM channel now too called life with John Mayer. I think it's channel 14 and it was his, I didn't realize it was his first day last Wednesday. So he was in the studio right across. So I got to, I got to say, Hey, to John Mayer, Hey, a little head nod to John Mayer. And then I ended up listening to his serious XM station on the drive back to Arizona, which took like nine hours. It was insane traffic. Um, but it was great. He played, I mean, it was just the best selection of music. I enjoyed the whole thing. And it made me like, I, I've told you guys so much. And I think that's why I love podcasting so much, but I truly love the power of radio. I was one of those talk radio guys. <laughs> I was a talk radio kid. Cause my dad used to listen to talk radio and it's something that I love the format so much. And what I'm kind of tooling around with now is I think I might do like hour long Patreon episodes where I kind of DJ where I'm like, Hey, coming at you. Here's Tame Impala. No, but like, just talk about like a certain kind of music, a certain kind of this and play songs on Patreon. Um, I can't do it on the podcast, unfortunately, because I just don't have the rights to the the music, but I think I can do it on Patreon, which would be so much fun. But I was like, oh, this is, I, I mean, cause I told you guys before, like at the end of the day, my dream is to just play people music. Like I, I don't have musical talent, but I know what I like musically and just to play music. That would be such a blast. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high end versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. 
And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Okay, how many tangents have I been on in only the first 10 minutes? This is perfect. If you like the tangents, uh, please rate and review us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And Spotify. Uh, you know what I find? Apple Podcasts, uh, a lot of people like my age listen on Apple Podcasts. A lot of younger kids listen on Spotify. So younger kids, is that true? And if it is true, leave me a five-star on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Okay, you guys, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. This, and also I want to give a special shout out to Laura Beth Harp, who took the notes on this. She gave these to me yesterday, which is like, she has a family. This is her Thanksgiving holiday. And also a special thanks to Juliana Carraza, who took the notes on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which I'll be doing that recap later today. And these are people, you know, that took the time out of their Thanksgiving holiday and they both have families. And I want to just give a special shout out because it really helps so much. Um, you guys know how I do it. I'll watch the episode a couple of times. And the last time I watch it, I'll watch it with the notes and then just kind of make little notes that I've already made on the first time viewing. But I, I, there's a lot of shit that goes into this. Um, and it's, but I, I just, you gotta do that. I think that really helps the overall quote unquote performance. And when I say performance, realize that I realize how stupid I sound when I say that. So uh, what did you guys think of this episode? I thought it was another great one. I mean, it didn't have the high highs of the Venus. You want to take a beat, your husband? Get the fuck out. You can't leave. I am Meredith. Meredith Marks potentially is the only person that could defeat Godzilla. Like Godzilla. You can leave Godzilla. <laughs> you want to talk about Godzilla? Meredith Marks has the range of a Shakespearean actor 
the 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 voice range the and it's so weird she had such a strong start to the season and i almost think she realizes she potentially went too hard too fast and now she's dialing it back she's like how does i want to do just a light podcast uh my storyline for the rest of the season just give me podcasts just a light podcast about relationships hey what's going on it's me seth Hey, you call for a podcast? Let me in this thing. I'm here on a break from work. Let's do some podcasting for couples. Hanging by a thread. So I think Meredith made a decision for herself. Like, wow, I've done more than most housewives so early in the season that I'm just going to coast for the rest of the season. Like, I feel like Meredith has been benched, but she benched herself. Like she benched herself because she is, I mean, she's great to look at. And I don't mean in like, oh, she's oh, so hot to look. I mean, just she's fun to watch in the background of scenes, like when they were like shaking the butter at the end, like her facial reactions are funny and stuff like that. But you you know what I'm saying? Like right now, the spotlight here, and I'm not complaining, is on Monica, Lisa Barlow. Heather Gay is trying to get in there, but she's like the middleman. The middleman is like, you know, in between both worlds, kind of like the middle layer of heaven that the Mormons, you know, the celestial kingdom has those three layers. Heather's right there in the middle. And also, Miss Heather Gay, we get that you have a book, but also... Can you choose a lane? Do you want to be Mormon and do you love everything Mormon or do you not like Mormon? You're a bad Mormon. Like you're living so in this. You guys know what I'm saying? Like she's living in this in between. Like it's the upside down where I'm like, wait, are you do you want to be Mormon or do you because she still finds plenty of time to criticize Lisa Barlow's interpretation of the Mormon religion. Yet she is the bad Mormon herself. I'm very confused. And also, I just next season, it would be great to get talking heads from some of the bishops of the Mormon church. Just like, let's interview some of the bishops. Like, where do they stand with Heather? What do they think of Lisa? Like, let's bring somebody out at the reunion. Oh, my God. So they filmed the reunion last week, you guys. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show. So here's the here's the skinny. So Mary Cosby was there, but Mary Cosby only gets brought out for certain segments. And they wheel her out like uh, Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. They wheel her and she has like a big mask on with a little metal bot. No, but they she does only come out for certain scenes. Jen Shaw does not Skype in this fan base, man. We will start the stupidest, stupidest rumors. And then we're to blame as a fan base, too, because half of us believe it because we want to believe it because it's exciting to think that Chen Shaw might be Skyping in from prison like some horrible Dateline episode with Keith Morrison. You know, <laughs> I, I guys, this is the thing. This show is flying without Jen Shaw. The more we fucking even like keep one foot into Jen Shaw land, it ruined like, don't, we don't need it. Don't do it. This show is great. Don't. And in fact, I sometimes almost believe somebody in her camp is putting those rumors out. The rumors out just because they want to put these out. So five years from now or whenever she gets off for good behavior, uh, she'll be able to get back on the show. And who knows what's going to happen when that time comes, but the show doesn't need her. This is so much more of a balanced show. And also another criticism that I've been reading online that I want to push back against. And listen, we all have our own opinions, but 
somebody sent me something. Maybe it was Kate Casey. I don't know. But she said something. Oh, it feels too TLC for me. The storylines with the Monica. I disagree. I feel it needs those things. I feel what is weird is that the other ladies aren't sharing at the same intensity. So it does stick out a little bit when we hear about all the Vovo or the dad that she didn't know or the husband that she had to get away from. You know, like all of these things. That's a lot, right? But I love, I think it's also weird. I think people find it weird because this is a first season housewife. I just think it is a little lopsided because the other women aren't sharing with that kind of intensity or it's just not as intense. Like Monica has lived what seems like 30 lives. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think it's the Bravo docket. I love those ladies. They said something that Monica has like 20 active lawsuits. Um, I'm hoping, I think they might come on the show soon. So I'm going to ask them about that personally, but you know, Monica, there's a story there. Like Monica is one of those, those castmates that I really kind of like, because you could see where she could be a hero and she could be a villain. She can be both just like a lot of us. We have shades of everything. And I think that's the exciting thing about Monica is that she could go any which direction. Like she's not, like I keep saying, she's not a wilting flower. She's not somebody that can be pushed over. She is very sensitive and she cries a lot, but she will like come back at you very hardcore. And somebody that aligned with Jen Shaw at any certain point in time that's somebody you also have to be careful of. It's shades of everything. Monica is kind of one of the people that I would love to interview the most. Monica, if you're listening, please let me talk to you. I don't think Bravo would ever let that happen. But there is like some real fascinating stuff and just the stuff that we don't see. Just the stuff that happened in between filming and things like that. Also, a lot of people said Monica got the first chair next to Andy at the reunion because of the lawsuit. Uh, Beauty Lab and Laser sued Monica for $2,000 worth of unpaid services. Monica sued back Heather Gay for botched botched Botox and injections. And they sat, you know, Heather was the first chair on the other side of Andy and Monica was the other one there. Now, I just, the, the, the thing I thought was weird about that, because usually if it's an active lawsuit, there's not a lot they can comment on. So I'm curious what happens in these final run up to the finale, especially when they go to Bermuda, which at the end of this episode, we find out that Monica uh, says she doesn't want to go. So I have a feeling that Monica might not be on this cast trip. And then obviously we see Heather gets a phone call about something. Now the rumor, the rumor was that the call was to let Heather know that Monica was the one that did not pay for those services years ago. But now this week it came out that that was not what that phone call was about, but who knows? I guess the easiest thing when all is said and done is let's just wait and see. There's enough bullshit to talk about on all these shows that we can just wait and see, but I will tell you, and this is where I get all fuddy duddy old man, you know, shakes, shakes fist at the sky. We got to, we got to stop with these rumors. We got to stop because I was just reading. Did you guys see this Real Housewives of Potomac? Do you guys remember this in the last like six months or I don't know. Time means nothing. A lady claimed that, and this is a trigger warning. We're going to talk about, you know, I do, guys, how do you do trigger warnings properly? Do you do trigger warning? And then what did the trigger warnings about? And I'm not joking here because I feel like if you trigger warning and say what the trigger warning is about, you've already like, what if, Anyways, trigger warning, talking about getting rid of a child. Oh, God. How do I, it's, it's, how do I effectively, I'm not an, I always think I'm an effective communicator. Sometimes you're like, how the hell would I ever say that about myself? Anyways, 
this lady came out with this rumor saying that she was with Chris Bassett and she was pregnant and had to, uh, he, that he wanted her to get, uh, an abortion. And, uh, and it was ridiculous from the jump, but all these Bravo accounts ran with it. I never touched it. Like there was nothing I found funny about it. And also I just didn't believe it. I know men cheat and I'm not saying that Chris Bassett will not cheat in the future. I'm not saying any of that, but I'm saying it was just so ridiculous, but as a fan base, we want to, and I think we're primed to because of the show's content to believe the weirdest things ever. But when it gets to this point, it gets damaging. Well, anyways, this lady came out a couple of days ago and said that she made it all up and she's very sorry, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like that's like, this is when I get like penal. It's like, no, you got to punish people like that. That is that's, that's harming. You can harm families doing that. Like, I don't care if you're on a show or not. That's ridiculous. Think about that. Think about that. And this lady and so many accounts picked it up that it was like really spread out there a little bit. Like, and I love, I know the majority of my listeners actually aren't online. And I sometimes love that because you guys must live a very chill, nice life with family and friends. But I'm telling you, it's like the mean streets of uh, Salt Lake City, the mean streets of the internet. There is some stuff that'll just scare the living shit out of you in terms of that. It's too many rumors. You know, I, I, I just, I can't imagine having to. If I want to go for the jugular and talk about the sh- the rumors, the nastiness about her, well, we can do that. Do you I know think- what? You want me to go there with her husband? I can go there. Don't. With me. Okay. Tell her to off. If anybody ever gets caught in making up a rumor again about any Real Housewives, you need to immediately ship Meredith Marks to their location and just have the door. You want to talk about your rumors? You don't know the women. You evolve. It's good to talk to you guys. Anywho. Okay. So <laughs> this is Real Housewives of Salt Lake City uh, aired this Tuesday, November 21st. Guys, this is one of my favorite titles of a housewives episode season four episode 11 if i could churn back time so churn immediately thanks churning butter and guess what i was right they churn butter at the end of this episode but obviously what a great shout out to a share song if i could turn back time if i could find a way sometimes i think i have like a decent country voice and i don't really like country music um, kind of like Angie, uh, Angie K doesn't like country music, which we find out in this episode, huge fan of the Humpty dance though. That was a nice little, I love the Humpty dance cause it's a, a chance to do the hump. Um, but I think sometimes I have a good country voice. In fact, you know, if you listen to the show, I have an aversion to karaoke, but the one care, and I'm not in good voice right now. So don't ask me to do it. But the one karaoke song that I did one time and it, it was like pre-pandemic. It was like right before the pandemic. I was at a uh, in Koreatown. I was with a bunch of friends. One of those friends being the person that used to run the account Ramona Facts, Laura. Oh my God. There was this uh, Instagram account. I wish they still did it. It's, it was called at Ramona Facts on Instagram. And it was just pictures of Ramona Singer and facts. And it was great. But we were at a Koreatown karaoke, not a bar, like a room. You could rent out a room. And me and Laura did a duet, um, Shallow from A Star Is Born. I had a real fixation with that movie and with Bradley Cooper's beard. I, to this day, some of the best beard work I've ever seen in a movie. Like that guy rocked that beard. 
Bradley Cooper, they should have given an award out for beards that that year. He would have won hands down because when you see Bradley Cooper without a beard, you're like, what the fuck is happening? But then he's it's like truly a transformation. Anyways, the shallow, it turns out I can do the male parts in shallow. Like, you know, uh, in the shallow, shallow, in the shallow, you know, uh, uh, anyways, just trust me, I can do it. But it was, it was one of those things where I was like comforted because I was like, oh, now I have a karaoke song for the rest of my life. The pandemic pretty much happened. I think the next, like, like a couple months later. So I wasn't really able to put that in motion, but I just remember it being of great comfort to me. Um, And now I get to tell you guys about it. So uh, this is if I could turn back time. Did anybody see Cher at the Macy's Thanksgiving parade? I actually watched some of the Macy's Thanksgiving parade uh, this Thanksgiving day. It was I had to wake up early, go hiking with my dad and says it was like full of activity, like more activity. This is what my recommendation. Don't have your mom die anywhere near the holiday where it's your first holiday because your family will jam pack it full of act, like extracurricular activities when you're just used to every other Thanksgiving just being a bum. You know, just like farting and picking your butt. I don't know why I've just used two butt things and then eating stuffing. But this is way we were like watching that. We were just throwing everything at the like we're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's hike. Let's do this. I think we were like scared to not have extracurricular activities. We played Uno. We play. I mean, we did all of it. But I watched the Thanksgiving Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And this share, my fam, my dad was like, she looks very good. She looks very good for her age. Wow. Very good. You know, we all just very good. But I. If I could turn back time, uh, this is the description the cable company gives us. Heather proposes a group trip to celebrate Monica's birthday. Angie leans on Whitney for advice about her marriage woes. (laughs) Angie, I'm Greek. I need to lean on Whitney. Whitney and Justin join Meredith and Seth on their new podcast. You, <laughs> you had me at join. Uh, and then Heather throws a Pioneer Day themed lunch. So that is a jam packed episode. Sometimes those descriptions will just be like, Whitney moves from one room to the next and that'll be it. Um, so Meredith is the one every like, so it'll always start with like previously on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. But if you notice, they'll always pick a, a different cast member each episode, like to, I guess, to make it fair. But this time it's Meredith. So you, so you hear like previously on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And we see Monica and Lisa fighting at Whitney's Prism event, you know, where Monica's like, you're old. Lisa's like, I don't need you to talk like that. How dare you? you nobody wants to be your mom. And then we go to cut to, we see clips of Seth and Meredith recording their podcast and Meredith saying like, me and Seth have had a lot of ups and downs in our marriage. So we decided to start a podcast about our relationship. But the thing was, I think it was like two weeks ago episode. It was so intense because Meredith shared a story where she was like, I did a potion up because I thought we were going to leave you and I wanted custody of the kids. And Seth was like, I was an absent father. I put bread on the table, baby. I put Seth into Gucci diapers. That's what I was responsible for. But if they asked me to help with their homework, fuck that. I say, hey, here's a here's some cash. Get away from me, kid. And then we cut to a scene of Angie Kay saying that her role as a mother, uh, sorry, a Greek mother, sometimes keeps her from focusing on her role as a wife, um, which I think that's like code for like, I don't give hand jobs. Uh, she says maybe she needs to add intimacy to her to do list. I always wonder these storylines, especially the Angie Kay storyline. I don't know how. I don't think they're not truthful. I just think how it works is 
I think production does pre-interviews with these women and they ask probing questions like, how's your relationship with your husband? And they're like, pretty good. And then you can see like the producer wince and then Angie's like, kind of good. And then the producer kind of like half smiles and leans in. And then she's like, not good. And they're like, bingo. Like, I feel like these, these are like, they amp up these issues obviously for the screen because then we saw Angie's husband, like when she was on watch what happens live, he was in the front row, very supportive. I do think there are elements to all of this that is truthful. I just think they're amped up for the camera and I don't think they're being told to amp it up. I think they're, they kind of get the feeling that's what they should be doing. Does that make sense? You're like, no shit, Ryan. We already knew that. Then we cut to a scene with Heather and Lisa connecting at Heather's book reading. Remember the book reading where, you know, Lisa rapped? What's up? Heather is a bad old Mormon bitch. I like to drink vanilla Coke. Tin roof frosted. <laughs> They're both trying to see each other's perspective about Mormonism and their path with religion and faith. But this is the thing where Heather is still fighting over if Lisa is a good enough Mormon when... Heather herself sucks at being a Mormon religions, organized religions are so messed up because it never seems to fully encourage just loving each other. It's just another thing to judge people on. And I know, listen, and I will say, I found out that my sister does listen to this podcast way more than, uh, than I, I, she should, or that I would hope for, but I think I've been pretty good and honest and open and nice, but you know, my sister gets great strength from her religion, and that's the same as my mom, like the same as my mom. I saw like what, and even in those last, you know, the last year with my mom, like that was, you know, you guys heard her on the show, how much she talked about God, how much she talked about the plan. And even my dad, you know, it, 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 I see what it does. I just don't like this part of it where it's, it, it's like, who did the extra credit on a test? Like, well, I should be the teacher's pet. I should, I should be God's teacher's. Like, that's the thing. Cause I feel like at the end of the day, it's not your concern. God will figure that out. Like if, 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 if the God thing, if all of it is true, God will figure it out. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. Like, I, you know, I don't know. That's the thing. I just feel like, wow, what another thing to potentially get upset at people for when it's something at the end of the day that should give you a foundation of strength. Okay. So we don't have any taglines this week. Um, the show opens at Heather's house. We have that like, oh, 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 you know, the choral music fed into like the synthesizer. So it's like, oh, 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 oh. Uh, she's FaceTiming with her daughter, Ashley, who's at college. And Ashley's like, hi, mommy. And Heather's like, hi, to what do I owe this wonderful surprise? And Ashley's like, well, you're filming. <laughs> well, you're filming. And I was told to call in. No, she says, well, listen, I know I missed your book, man, and I just miss you so much. And I feel like there's so much going on. I need some updates. So this is obviously a stage scene. Uh, Heather's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot going on. It's so good to see you. You look so good. Sun-kissed. I wonder how hungover Ashley is in this scene. She looks great, but she's having the college experience. So I want to know more about that. Ashley goes, by the way, I just thought of this. Okay. The next season, the fifth season, we need Heather Gay to show up at Ashley's college in Santa Barbara and do an OC. Remember when Vicky went and surprised Michael and, you know, did a keg stand? Remember that? We need Heather Gay. The scary thing is Heather Gay could drink a little bit and then like start flirting with some of the guys there. I mean, that would be very, 
Which, by the way, I still to this day, I want to know about Heather's dating situation. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. I do think Heather is... I said this about Beverly Hills, and I keep saying it, is that Eric, Lisa Rinna not being there has made Erica Jane more palatable. Jen Shaw not being there has made Heather Gay more palatable. The thing with Heather, she's had such a wild ride on Salt Lake because she started off, I mean, she was my favorite. If you remember when I started, I mean, I loved Heather Gay. But she had that like sophomore slump where I thought she started believing her own press a little bit. And then she rode so hard for Jen Shaw that I thought it was ignorant in a sense and dangerous um, that it kind of made me rethink my position on Heather. And then by the time the third season, it got really weird because they left in a scene when they went on vacation in San Diego where Heather was like, Jen, if you want to throw them off the tracks, bring me up. And I'm like, don't produce you know, it, it made me think that Heather Gay just sits there and self-produces these things, which if you're going to do it, then you're probably doing it now. But without Jen Shaw there, Heather Gay doesn't really have. Doesn't really have to jump into the fray. She jumps into it a little bit at the end where she plays middle of the road between Monica after she talked Monica into the Bermuda thing. I just always laugh thinking that somebody potentially just picked up at this part, never listened to the show before and goes, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Also, I do want to say hello to all the couples listening together. I got so many messages. I was able to open a bunch of messages over the holidays and it'd be like, hey, you're the only podcast my boyfriend or husband will listen to with me. And I'm like, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not breaking up relationships. So, but you know what? Like Heather's had that rough road. But Heather, like Erica Jane, I never loved from the beginning, but Heather, I did. Uh, I just feel like the behind the scenes of Salt Lake got so messy. And that's why I just never want Jen Shaw back. Do you got you guys don't want him back either, right? Like we're we're we agree on this. 
So anyways, Ashley's like, uh, life's so good over here, mom, but I'm sad I missed the book signing because I was talking to the girls about it. And I just want to hear like, who came? Was it a good turnout? And Heather was like, it was really, really cool. Like everybody came. Lisa came. Ashley's like, it's just such a moment. This has got to be like the 40th book event that I've even, I'm even aware of. So I can't believe it was a moment, but it was cameras were there. Heather was like, Lisa wrote like a custom rap to introduce me. My names, my names had the gay. I got a book called Bad Moment. Uh, 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 uh. Heather's like, it was like a big reset for us because there's been so much conflict with Jack. And Ashley's like, drama going on. Yeah. And Heather's like, yeah, with Jack leaving and going on a mission. And I was so like worked up about it and triggered by it. And like, it was a really cool thing for her to like show up for me just to have that type of support. Just like, it felt like really fun to have everyone together. Like, I'm really like grateful. I want to throw like a luncheon for everybody, but I want it to be like a spinoff of a Mormon thing, but it's like something fun. So this is one of those type of housewife scenes that we always see in every housewives episode where the scene is going to be minimal information about something that happened in the previous relationship, but you're going to have the what's going to happen in the future. Like what I'm thinking about doing is this and invite all the ladies to this. So it's a nice little exposition scene, kind of in a sense. So it's able to have a foot in the past and a foot in the future. And Ashley's like, you have to keep it on theme for the girls. And Heather's like, right? Like a, a homemaking night, but not homemaking. They should call it family home evening. That's, I think, a, an actual phrase that the Mormon church does. They call it family home evening where families would get together and do these things. And, and I, that's the part of the Mormon religion that I liked, encouraging families to like hang out and play games together. Ashley goes, you have to tie it all together, mom. Yes. And Heather goes, since it's the month of April and April 6th, 1830, that's the founding of the church. You know, that's a fact you should have memorized in young women. I love that, Heather. It's like, Heather, listen to what I'm saying. Be a bad Mormon or don't. You don't need to spit facts anymore. Ashley's like, I'm sorry. I missed that. <laughs> and Heather's like, <laughs> and like, we could do like pioneer crafts and we could have like pioneer comfort foods. Do you think that's stupid? And Ashley's like, ha <laughs> just all the classics. And Heather in a confessional goes, I want to thank everybody for coming to the book party. And I want to do it in a way that celebrates kind of the fun, kitschy aspects of our culture. What Lisa would call embarrassing aspects of growing up Mormon. Nothing gives me more pleasure than forcing Lisa to face traditional Mormonism and participate in the Mormon handicraft. So that's good. We always know it's a good event when part of it's out of spite. <laughs> Heather tells her daughter, I mean, don't you want to see Lisa Barlow in a pioneer bonnet? And Ashley's like, I think that's genius. Gotta go. Beers are half off. Uh, next scene, we arrive at Monica's house. Monica's house. Uh, Vovo. Monica's mom or kids. This is a lot of intensity going on with Monica this season, obviously. We see Monica's daughter, Bree, sitting on the couch and Monica walks in and Monica's like, hey, a little bit of like a, hey girl, hey. And Britt's like, hey. And Monica's like, what are you doing? And Bree's like texting Anthony. And Monica's like texting Anthony. Bree's like, yeah, we're just talking about prom and the plan. Remember they were making prom signs a couple episodes ago. I feel like we should have seen, or maybe they filmed it and we didn't get to see it. Bree and Anthony, like, that whole asking to prom part of it. I will say this. I don't think I am allowed, but like my, my niece, I don't know if my niece has this, like a, a special friend. That's a guy now. And uh, I don't know why I'm whispering. She doesn't live here, but um, I, but like they, you know, like they, I don't know. She's, she's like 14, you guys. But um, I think I upset her the other day. Cause I kept teasing about him and I got to remember to not do that. Cause I've got, you know, like, I don't think she trusts me now, 
but uh, it's it's pretty exciting because it does, doesn't it make you think back and like these situations like when you were in high school and like your first crush or that first guy or girl uh, that you hung out with and then like school dances. I was always I guys I went to like I wish my mom was because she would be able to remember better than I would. I went to like six proms because I was like that guy. I was like it was like mainly friend except for like the the last one with my girlfriend in senior year, but it was pretty much all friends. Because I was like the friend guy to everybody. So I was going to like, not just my high school's proms. I was going to like Shadow Mountain's prom. Like I was like the safe bet. And it was always like, cool. But it was always like the friend. You know what I'm saying? Like I was the friend. Because I was that guy that wasn't going to make a move and try to touch your boob or anything like that. Like, and I was polite. And, and and you know, it was fun to be invited to things. Anyways, um. Bree's like, yeah, we're just talking about prom and the plan. And Monica's like, you stole my blanket, I see, because she's wrapped up in this nice couch blanket. Um, and I don't know, they're talking about prom. And Bree's like, weren't you prom queen, mom, your senior year? And Monica was like, yes, I was. Did I ever show you the pictures? And Bree's like, no. And Monica's like, oh my gosh, it's my time to shine. I'm going to go get them and you're going to see. And Bree's like, oh God. Monica goes, gets all these photo albums. And Monica's like, you're going to die. And Bree's like, why do you have so many photo albums? And Monica's like, because once upon a time, we had these things called cameras and it wasn't your phone and you had to like buy film and then go develop it leading to photo albums. Think about that. What a miserable time that was. <laughs> but, but you know what's so funny? Now there's like throwback shit. Like I got a gift bag the other day and there was like one of those Instamatic cameras in there. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with it? Like, even if I took pictures on this, then I'm going to have to go get it developed. Like, where do I, like, I, I wouldn't even know the first thing. Like, it's just, that's the one thing you think about, like that really was a part of society. And then remember digital cameras, but all these kids now it's like throwbacks, like all this, like, Oh, I have a digital camera. Cause I just don't like my phone camera. It's like, Oh God, why, why did we always have to make everything so difficult? Like, come on, it's just on your phone. Let's stop. Let's, let's put this work into cancer research. Like, come on, let's just stop. Like we don't all need to be so special and unique. Just stop, please just take us pictures of something cool. Like that's all you need to do. Who cares? Remember Hipstamatic? Remember that? What was like the first, the first app on the iPhone that would like make your photos look like cool? Oh my God. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Oh my God. Anyways. Anyways. And also, is there anybody out there that wants to be my full-time TikTok manager? Does anybody want to be my, that's, I find it so hard to like, I have tons of ideas, but then the execution, I just get so nervous doing them and stuff that I, I just like, oh God, you look so stupid. I need a full-time TikTok manager. Um, Monica's like, oh my God, you're going to die. Look at all of these. And Monica shows Brie pictures of her prom, her high school prom, and her mom from when she was younger. And Monica's like, look at me pulling Vovo's hair. The aggression started at a young age. I already knew who she was out of the womb. That's darkness when you're talking about your mom to your kids like that. I mean, it is a wild relationship. Vovo. Oh, also, we got word that Vovo is not at the reunion which I thought she was just going to stand outside with like a sign, like, let me in. But this Monica, and they, we see pictures. She was very, I think Monica is very attractive. She's one of the, you can, Monica, I'm telling you, is a fascinating case study. There is a lot there. And I think she's one of those people that always probably was insanely popular and then would get pregnant or had all of the, think about it, because she even cheated with her, it was her it was her husband's brother. Is that right? Like there's some weird intensity and like, there must be some real, she must be, 
I'm trying to say this in a delicate way. Like there must be such an emotional range, uh, like an emotional war going on inside her at all times to even consider that. And also I think that need to be loved. And if she's not feeling loved with the people around her, whether it be her mom or her ex, she will look potentially for that person that will show her that love. This is just right off the top of my dome. I could be completely wrong, but it's something that I was thinking about because this is really, this is real life. Like this shit happened even without the cameras around. Um, They continue looking at pictures of Monica's first trip to Bermuda, where we found out her grandmother was born. And Monica's like, I want to take you guys to Bermuda. And Bree's like, well, okay, if you say so. And Monica's like, well, let's just go. Let's just get on a plane and go. And Bree's like, I don't see a problem. And Monica's like, okay, I actually have something really special that I want to show you. This photo album, I'm not going to get emotional. And Bree's like, you say that now, mom. And Monica's like, okay. So when my dad left, when I was four, my mom like destroyed everything. So I don't even know what my dad looks like. And Bree's like, there's no pictures of him. And Monica's like, no, Vovo like ripped them all up. She threw everything away. So it was important to me for you to never feel like that. So these are all pictures for you. This photo album is yours now. These are of when I was pregnant with you, but also of your dad your biological dad. And this is the point where I was like, this is way too real. And this is where I think people were saying, this is very like TLC potentially or lifetime movie, but I'm sorry. Like, first off, I hope this is not the first time on camera that Brie has seen this. I will say that. And it kind of, it's akin to, but not completely like this past week's episode of the Kardashians with letting North be on there talking about the Met Gala looks. I feel like it's really dangerous. Like it's fun at first to hear little North bash on older people and her mom, but it sets North up in a really bad way. Like it almost is like your mom throwing you under the bus because it's like, we're now going to our, the way society works with pop culture, we're going to make fun of North in the long run. You know, like you, you all of a sudden start making fun of a nine-year-old girl and you realize, Oh my God, this is ridiculous. But I hope that Monica, and I, I have a feeling this is not the first time that she's shown Brie this, because who would want this real of a moment in reality to be on camera? Like, I just, I, I think that would be, um, I, I, it's such a real thing that I wouldn't want that. Also, let's go back to Bobo destroying all the pictures of Monica's dad. And we are in a day and age, though, that we could probably find Monica's dad within the next 30 minutes. Do you guys watch this uh, 90 day fiance? There's this guy, Sarper. He looks like, like a, a Russian, he's like a Russian Barbie doll. Uh, uh, Sarper and like a Kenya. I don't even remember their names half the time. You guys, I just watch in horror. Um, but this Sarper revealed a couple episodes ago that he's like, I, I, it turns out I got somebody pregnant and then I just completely, I lost contact and I just, uh, uh, she didn't want me. So I have a, a 20 year old son out there. I've got to, and now he's making like TikTok videos with like really dramatic music behind it. He's like, help me find my son. I have, I know the name of the hotel where I knocked up her mother. So if you have that information, I am your father. Like it is the most intense thing ever. And I'm so curious. I just feel like we could find Monica's dad probably pretty quickly. And and she probably already has. Maybe we'll save that for Monica's second season. But this stuff is so real. Like I appreciate it. And when you think about it, like this is what I talk about when I say it provides a foundation for like the really insane stories. But also you have to realize like some of us 
you know, I was very lucky that I do know both of my parents. I was very lucky, very privileged in that sense. A lot of people do have stories like this. So I think it is important to actually share these types of stories. And it also gives you the it also gives you those clues, those building blocks of how Monica became Monica, of why Monica acts the way she does in certain situations. Uh, Monica in a confessional goes, I got pregnant very young. I married her father at the time. He left for work one day and my daughter was crawling on the floor and I could hear her playing with something. And it was a clear plastic bag full of Oxycontin. In that moment, I grabbed my daughter and I never looked back. I started dating Mike when Brie was one. So that that has always been her dad. This is not the first time that Brie has seen these photos. Okay, good. Okay. This was already in there. Okay. Whew. Thank God. Um, so Brie is very well aware that Mike adopted her. Because when I was going through all of this, I went to therapy. And the number one thing that the therapist told me was, you need to pay me. <laughs> no, no, it said, was always be honest. Always so on. Always be honest. That's interesting. Always be honest. And Monica goes, I don't want you to ever feel like how I felt, Bree, which was like a whole part of me is missing. And Bree's just still looking at the photo albums. And Bree's like, Vovo here is dressed up for my birth, uh, like for Bree's birth. And Monica's like, of course, Vovo is dressed up for your birth because it was her day. And they both laugh. But that's another character clue of like the type of person that dresses up the fanciest dress because they want a little bit of that shine as well. Instead of it being about the birth of Brie, they want to make it about themselves if Monica is to be believed. Okay, now we're at a new scene. We arrive at a restaurant with Angie Kay. And you guys, I, I know I said I didn't work, but that meant I just wasn't on the microphone, but I did a lot of research. I did a lot of like diet, deep diving and just like internet rabbit holes to kind of talk to you about. And I was looking, I was, I was looking up Angie Kay and I was really going deep and I found this little nugget out that I think you guys, and this is probably, if there's anybody like that ever like, oh, you should cut this for a clip and put it online. This is like a big one. Um, and I think I might be the first podcast to break this. So this is huge. So I'm looking it up. It turns out Angie K is Greek. Yeah, Greek. And then if you go back when she did the Easter party, that was a Greek Easter party. Yeah. So that's huge. Like that. And I think that probably gives you a little window into her character. Very excited to find that out. You heard it on so bad. It's good first, you guys. But anyways, uh, her and her husband, the hairdresser, Sean, who likes to wear page boy, uh, caps. And, and there's a lot of rumors going around the mean streets of Salt Lake city about Sean. Um, they're getting out of a car in front of a restaurant. Sean's like, I love your outfit. And you know, she's like, thank you. And Sean's like, Feels good to be out, doesn't it? Because they're at this restaurant. And Angie Kay's like, kind of. And they order their drinks. And Angie Kay gets a, by the way, Angie Kay, the husband's like, um, we're, we're going to order a couple of drinks. I would like a coffee. And and Angie, she had a, um, th- she says she had a great, she had a great Cabernet the last time she was here. But my, I heard it as a Greek Cabernet. She had a Greek Cabernet. Like every, now I'm just primed to hear the word Greek. Angie Kay's like, see, when you go out with younger women like me, you got to drink coffee. I will say this is another little, those little lines. When we break it down, when we don't just talk about themes, but when we break down the actual lines, this is what I used to do with like Eugene O'Neill plays or Shakespeare. Okay. So this line, see, when you go out with younger women like me, you got to drink coffee. It's like a, it's like an easy line, right? Like a stupid joke. haha, Like a mom joke. But then you think about that line. It gives us so much, you know, the subtext is like Angie K is so insecure 
about her relationship with her husband. She's also insecure because like we all are, we're getting older. That also tells us then if you take that down the rabbit hole, why does Angie K wear glasses that can cover up half of her face like a windshield? Because that's what the younger people are doing. She's like like making the style more extreme, what she thinks is more hip, what's more young, what's more cool, her version of that. But I think it all stems from this deep insecurity. So she does put a lot of jokes out there. You know, the friend that's always joking of like, ah, and then you're like, oh, you're joking, but that's obviously what you're insecure about. I think that's an insecurity for Angie. It's an insecurity for a lot of us, right? Sean laughs nervously. He's like, oh, and then he just gets awkwardly silent. Um, Angie orders the chicken, Sean, a medium rare steak. And Angie K's like, so, so what do we talk about? Ha ha and laughs. Angie K in a confessional goes, we haven't been out just the two of us in years. It's like a first date. Like, what do we say to each other? <laughs> and Sean asks about her food. He's like, how's that food? How's that chicken? But then he doesn't say anything else. And Angie K's like, you know, just something that I've been wanting to share. I'm miserable. No, she goes, and I know it's hard with Electra around. Electra's their daughter. But obviously at home, it's like, it's like rainbows and unicorns, <laughs> you know? Which, by the way, it really is. She now has made it literally rainbow and unicorns at their home. It's all white. They fucking dyed the dog's ears. Like, it is like a dyed it, like the dog's ears pink. And she's like, and you always want to keep it positive at home. And Sean's like, right. Well, it's it's like we're passing, right? Like, we're picking her up. We're, we're going to lessons. You're on the phone. I'm on the phone. You're returning emails. It's like, we're together, but it's not like we're really together. When I'm alone with you, Sean, sometimes I feel like, lost for words. This sounds so dumb, but I, I don't even know what music you like anymore. Like all the country music you play in your car. I'm just cringing the whole ride. When I first met you, you didn't listen to country. You know what? I'll tell you this more than the gay rumors. The country music really bums me out. I've told, I just, I, I can kind of get into old country like Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton, but new country, pop country. I just don't have a an ear for. And so many of my friends like pop country, like people that I really respect. I just, I want, sometimes it's like that. And like some of the new, like, like the Travis Scott, like my ear, I just can't hear it. I want to hear it. I can't hear it. I try it. I do try you guys. You got to check out my album list. I, I listen to so much music. I try. It just doesn't hit me in the feelings, you know, but I love that. <laughs> Sean is like, I got to listen to country because my wife's wearing a windshield on her face, dying the dog's ears, trying to get plastic surgery to keep up with the Joneses. <laughs> Do you guys remember when I used to play that Garth Brooks clip? Well, I guess it's official. When Garth Brooks joined Facebook for the first time, we got to do that again. I bust that out once like a year and it always makes me laugh just as hard as the first time I found it. Garth Brooks made this video, you guys, of when he first joined Facebook. And it was like, well, long after somebody should join Facebook. But he was like alone in a hotel room. And he's like, well, I guess it's official. We're on Facebook. And he was like, it was like, and I, it made me love Garth Brooks so much. In fact, Garth Brooks is the one person that I would pay money, good money, American dollars to go see in concert. Like if you guys were, have been fans of the show since we began during the pandemic, I had a huge Garth Brooks obsession and people would send me, oh, it was so cool. You guys, people sent me Garth Brooks t-shirts, a Garth Brooks hat, and I've still never seen him live, but 
Garth Brooks is a dream interview because he's one of those people that I like. I genuinely like his music. And also on top of it, I just love the way he's so, the way he talks about everything, the way he's so, so sincere. He's so passionate. It would break my heart if I found out it's like a raving lunatic asshole. Um, anything's possible, but I just love people like that. People that are like people that tear up at every it's because it, it's like me. I tear up at everything. Like that's it. This episode is brought to you by ABC station. 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader. The station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. I'm like, this is the successful version of me, with a better voice, and he knows how to play guitar. Like, I got so into Garth Brooks, you guys. Well, I guess it's a fit. Good old Garth. <laughs> Garth Brooks. I love that Sean is just listening to country music, and Andy's like, what the fuck? Why aren't we listening? We gotta listen to Tate McRae. That's what the kids are listening to. Tate, we got, where's Sabrina Carpenter? What the fuck? Madison Beer on repeat all day slay. Sean's like, I've always listened to country, Angie. And Angie's like, not with me in your car. And Sean's like, well, back then, you didn't care what I did because you were so smitten in love. It didn't matter what I was doing. I still love it. And I should be allowed to love it. Are we going to have our first fight over country music on Housewives? And Angie's like, it's annoying. It's annoying. And Sean's like, like I said, when I get in your car and you're listening to the Humpty Dance, and Angie's like, I am listening to the Humpty Dance. And Sean's like, but that's annoying. Why is that annoying? It's freaking annoying. Well, so what if the song makes me feel like I'm 30 years old again? Angie, it shouldn't make you feel 30. It should make you feel like 16. And I, I, I'm a huge proponent of the Humpty Dance. It's a chance to do the hump. Oh, do me, baby. Do the hump to hump. Watch me do the hump to hump. I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. I'm sick with this. Straight to the max. Sometimes I get ridiculous. Oh, God. What a great song. That is a great song. And also rest in peace um, to the the lead guy in uh, Digital Underground, the people who did the Humpty Dance. Digital Underground, remember them? They did the Humpty Dance and then they did... um, they did Round and Round, which has a great feature by Tupac Shakur, Mr. Tupac Shakur. Anyway, Sean's like, that's that's annoying, the Humpty Dance. And uh, Sean's like, I don't say anything. I just let you play the Humpty Dance. And Angie's like, no, you hate it. And Sean's like, I hate it, but I let you play it. You complain. No, I don't. I don't anymore. I love that this is kind of getting bigger. And now there's like a relationship with the Humpty dance. Like who that's amazing. It would be like me in a, uh, a conversation about like, you know, Mr. Jones from counting crows of like, stop it. I hate you. When you play Mr. Jones. It's a very good song. And it makes me feel, it makes me feel like I'm alive again. 
Yeah, it makes and round here as well. And also a long December, a long December as well. Anyways, Andy K is like, it's not even about the music, Sean. That's part of why I haven't loved being alone with you. Like, I don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I don't. Sorry. I know this. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm annoying my own husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the Humpty Dance is a chance to do the hump. Uh, do me, baby. Do the hump. Do. Um, Sean's like, you know, it's been two years since you and I have been alone. <laughs> oh my god please at the end of this season we need sean putting on the humpty dance as a romantic notion like a say anything there was a movie called say anything guys john kuzak held like a there used to be a thing called a boom box because we didn't have like our phones and you would hold it over your head like and he would like play say any or he'd play uh, in your eyes by peter gabriel and it was like a really romantic notion so sometimes kids you'll see like this guy in a trench coat like, you know, in pop culture, holding this thing called a boombox. And it was like, in your eyes, the light, the heat, your eyes, I am complete. It's a really beautiful song. But wouldn't it be great at the end of this season if Sean does that with the Humpty Dance? So like Angie K is asleep on her all white bed with uh, her pink dog. And all of a sudden you hear like, Humpty Dance, Humpty Hump. And then Andy K wakes up and it's like lightly raining on the mean streets of Salt Lake. And she looks outside and Sean's like, Angie K, please wake up, you Greek goddess. And we just, it's like, instead of in your eyes, it's like, watch me do the hump to hump. Do me, baby. Do the hump to hump. Watch me do the hump to hump. I want Scott busy in a Burger King bathroom. I'm crazy. Straight to the max. Sometimes I get ridiculous. Wouldn't that be amazing if that was like, and then we would all be like, oh my God, that's so romantic. That's so, oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. What a great idea, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, Sean goes, cause Angie's like starting to tear up here at the restaurant. Sean's like, you know, we kind of lose the relationship stuff. We're worried about everything else. We're worried about Electra, the business, starting something new, the house, building this, building that. And then all of a sudden you're looking around like, okay, do we even have stuff in common? We're not connecting on a relationship kind of level. How do you see us reprioritizing our relationship? And Angie Kay's like, go to a rap concert. She's no, she's like, more time together. Like, it's like a test. She's like, I don't more time together. And she's like, yeah, alone, you know? And I think Electra's totally cool with that. <laughs> I like that Sean's like, fuck Electra. Electra's a grown up. I mean, she's a grown up. She's like, parents need alone time. I don't have kids. So for you guys with kids, like, at what point do they, and I, what point do they understand that you guys, like, I, well, I mean, to be honest, I don't think I understood my parents were people until in my 30s. <laughs> so, but also, I was like, I was fine with reading a book. Like, I, I don't think my parents ever came to me. It was like, Hey, we're going to do the hippity dippity. And I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to read CS Lewis in here. Um, no, I, but I was, I didn't, I was, I was in my own little world, you know? So, um, I think Electra is going to be fine. You know, anyways, Angie K is like, I know she is. I just feel like I need more of your attention too, Sean. Angie K in the confessional is like, I tend to hold things in. And then I exhibit it in weird fashion purchases and I don't want to be a complainer. And I feel, it feels good to let this out. I feel lighter and I can see some of the challenges that Sean and I have between us are things that we can actually work on. And Sean's like, it's time that we worry about us and GK. It's time that we worry about our relationship. It's time that we have a no compromise attitude in terms of having this time together. 
calm down, John. Like, geez, like we're at, just chill, dude. No, like this country music has changed you. Angie K nods and wipes a tear away. We come back to Heather's house. Bow, ba, da, bow, woo, woo, and we see her setting out food, including Wendy's burgers and nuggets. Now, I do want to say Lisa Barlow's connection with Wendy's, you know, she loves fast food. She has since the first episode of the first season of Salt Lake City. Um, and I feel like she's got a nice little, you know, Wendy's has hired her as a sponsor. And and by the way, they sponsored a little bit of BravoCon. I've got a lot of l- nice little Wendy's merch um, that, you know, Lisa Barlow coded. Uh, it was great. I love I love this relationship. But remember, you know, you are seeing product placement within these episodes. Don't just think this is. Heather just like, yeah, I just went to Wendy's. Like, this is a product placement within the show. The show gets paid for this. There's free advertising. Like, this is this is a thing, you guys. Um, we see Lisa Barlow pulling the driveway and she actually hits something with her car and scrapes up the side. And she's like, oh my gosh, dang it. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna tell John. Can we walk down memory lane? Think about how much money Lisa Barlow has lost this season. She lost a 60 grand ring in Palm Springs. She has to pay for um, glam that's not even used. And now she's hitting the car. It's like this season has cost Lisa Barlow so much money. So please, Wendy's, let's keep this sponsorship going. Let's keep this sponsorship going. Also, I want to tell you this. I want to, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I usually don't, I just, I do complain, but I'm going to complain about this. This Lisa Barlow, I love her so much. I'm telling you, Lisa Barlow does not like me. You, I get the sense because I'll tag her and like, she doesn't follow me. She follows every other account. She doesn't follow me. I, I mean, is it the imitation? I think I am so nice about her and I genuinely love her, but she's one of those housewives that I love. Like she's not perfect. And maybe that's, but I like that. She's so unapologetically herself, even when it makes herself, when it, even when it makes her look a little a bad, <laughs> just flat out bad. But I feel like Lisa, I feel like Lisa Barlow would love me, but I even got that sense at BravoCon. She was just like, uh, okay. Cause I think she clots everything. So I just don't, I, I think I said something at some point that <laughs> offended her or maybe Heather Gay. I don't know. I, there's something I'm telling you, I'm not paranoid. I mean, I, maybe I am paranoid, but I, I, I think I got this. Anyways, can everybody just, everybody just DM Lisa and find out what's the deal? Uh, anyways, Lisa rings the doorbell and the ladies greet each other. And Lisa's like, I just hit your rock on my car. The plastic part hit that rock. And Heather's like, the giant boulder? Yes. And Heather's like, I want to have that removed. You need to. <laughs> Lisa's like, you need to do this to your house immediately. That would be great if Lisa sues Heather for this, for the damages. So we've got like the the Monica Heather lawsuit, but also the Lisa Barlow Heather lawsuit. That would be amazing. Heather in a confessional is like, this is not how I wanted to start this new chapter in my relationship with Lisa, having her slam into the boulder. I don't even know if my homeowner's insurance is activated yet. I'm going to have to start a GoFundMe for taking out her Porsche. Yeah. Heather's like, I've got some fast food burgers and chicken nuggets. And Lisa's like, okay, all of my favorite things. And thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Do you have a scooper? She's talking about a fry scooper. Do, I don't have a fry. Does anybody have a fry scooper? I was like, what? This isn't an actual Wendy's, Lisa. Heather and Lisa fix their plates. Heather just uses her hand to grab the fries like a normal person. Wait, are we not supposed to grab fries with our hands? Have I been eating fries the wrong way? Anyways, Heather's like, no, this is just two best friends hanging out, having a good time. And Lisa's like, oh, I love that. We're in the bestie phase. 
I love how everybody has short-term memories on these shows. Lisa in a confession was like, me and Heather are in a new phase of our relationship. Like she's doing everything right. She's got all my favorite treats here. I've got Wendy's with extra barbecue sauce, shortbread cookies from my favorite bakery. Literally, I hope we can stay in this space because it's the first time in like five years. Yeah, when somebody's like kissing your ass and buying you all your favorite things, that's a great space to stay in. Like, I love that space. Uh, Heather's like, do you have do you have a paper towel or a napkin, Lisa? And she's like, no, I need one. Heather's like, I cannot believe you just opened a barbecue sauce like with a white shirt on a white couch with heart-shaped nails. And Lisa's like, girl, I'm a pro. This is easy for me. The nails were for Jack's mission call. I think he's ready to go. I love that Lisa is such a pro that she's not worried about staining anything. If I just get around food, there's an automatic stain. Like it's one of the, I've, t- I've told you guys, it's like dirt just like attracts him. I think there is something like meta, like metaphysical about it. I think there's like a dark force about me that like dirt just attracts to me and I just get stains everywhere. That's why as I've gotten older, I still buy them, but like, like concert shirts that are like white it sucks because they're like sometimes the coolest shirt at the merch table, but I just know I'm going to stain it. Like I got a Mariah Carey Christmas shirt that's white and I was really happy for it. But like, I already am like saying goodbye to it. Cause I know I'm going to stain it. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. It's, I guess it's for another podcast. Anyways, Jack's mission and Heather's like, oh, I'm sure he's ready. And Lisa's like, I mean, just to get away from us. Like, I think he just wants to do his own thing. And Heather's like, it's exciting. You know, he's going to Columbia. He's like irritated that I keep saying his mission's bougie. And Heather's like, yeah, that is irritating. Why do you do that? And I'm like, Heather, why do you do the shit? You say the weird shit about, why do you do that? The things you do. And Lisa's like, and then he's like, mom, it's not a vacation. It's not a shopping trip. And Heather's like, yeah, it's literally not. Listen, this is my first kid going on a mission. It's like a kid going to Yale. I love it. And Heather's like, you're only allowed to shop on one day and it's for groceries. Anyhow, your event was so good though, Heather. And Heather's like, I was like thrilled to have everyone there. I'm mostly excited about like the place we're in right now, Lisa. And I feel like I'm in a good place with everyone. And we really haven't rewarded ourselves for everything we've been through. And I want to plan a trip. Oh, good. Where are we going to go? What do you want to do? And Heather's like, well, tropical for sure. Ooh, I like that. And Heather's like, I went out with Monica last night. Record scratch. Lisa's like, oh, you did? Heather's like, we went to this new little tiki parlor lounge. And we flash back to the night before when Heather and Monica are out together, the taking shots. And Heather's like, she was telling me that she used to like spend her summers in Bermuda. We flash back to that. And Monica's like, so I still have like family in Bermuda. And Heather's like, in Bermuda, the Bermuda Triangle. And Monica's like, bitch, the devil's triangle. And Lisa's like, oh, that's so crazy. And Heather's like, and I was like, so you're telling me that we have people in Bermuda? We get a flashback to that. Heather's like, what if we got everybody together and went to Bermuda, like for your birthday? And Monica's like, wait, I would die. I would seriously die. And Heather's like, but I said, I want to go on this trip, but like, I want to go with Lisa and you have to apologize. And Lisa's face is like, good. Yes. Yes. Stand up for me, my underling. Flashback. Heather goes, you have to make up with Lisa, Monica, if we do it, because she's got to be invited. And Monica's like, Okay, fine. And Heather's like, thank you. So easy. And she laughs. Let's announce the trip to everyone at my pioneer lunch. And Monica's like, yeah. So back in this scene, Heather's like, 
after all the progress we've made, I do not want you to think that this is like a bitch move. And Lisa's like, yeah, no, I get it. And I was like, I'm not trying to like cause problems. Like, I really think that she's going to make things right. And I think we can have a good time in Bermuda. And Lisa's like, I don't care if she's there, but she's not my problem. I don't even need an apology from her. Like, I'm just not interested. And Heather's like, yeah. So what I love about Salt Lake Shitty in particular too is that this is really truly a story about six to seven women that would not be friends in real life. And the friendships that they did have were like, kind of seemed like surface level. So you're finding all of these women forced to be on a show with each other and forced to do scenes with each other season after season. And I love that. Like for sometimes like other iterations of the show that will annoy the piss out of me. For some reason, Salt Lake City, it just, that's why this show is so weird. Like other this show can pull off what other shows can't like normally I would hate it. I would hate, hate, hate it. But for this, I like it for some reason. I, it tickles me that they're forced to hang out with each other. It does. Um, a new scene. We see Whitney walking down the mean streets of Salt Lake city. She heads into a bar and Angie K comes into her joiner and, um, <laughs> Whitney power walks in and like this Barbie leopard pink outfit. And when he's like, Hey, and Angie's like, you look beautiful. So do you, babe. Pretty in pink, girl. I ordered us some oysters. And then you kid's like, oh, I'm ready for anything. What are you drinking? And then I ordered the egg and chips and some rosé. Well, why don't I just do like a Pinot Noir and like a steak tartare? I'll do that. And Angie K, like <laughs> Angie K, by the way, Angie K looks at the chips and she goes, oh my God, those look amazing. <laughs> it's like sad looking chips. She's like, oh my God, are those chips? Oh my God. Wow. When he's like, I have so much I want to talk to you about. And Angie K is like, do you know I haven't been having any girl time? And I feel like I've been spending more girl time with you and getting out more. And I have loved it. And I have needed it so much. And Whitney's like, we're always taking care of everyone else. And I think it's really important for us to get together and take care of ourselves. And Angie's like, it is like you. I have kids. I have my businesses. I don't even have time for my husband. He listens to country music. I talk to Lisa more than I talk to my husband, right? And Whitney's like, how are you and Sean? Well, we hadn't had a date night in two years, and we finally went out to dinner the other night. Two years? Two years, Whitney says. And Angie K goes, for about 15 minutes, it was like, awkward silence? Yeah, awkward silence. I know. Electra is always with us, Whitney. And Whitney's like, I experienced that lately, too, where I'm like, I actually don't know what to say to you. Like, when we were first married, Justin came home to a home-cooked meal, wife in lingerie, under the clothes. <laughs> I don't know why that little detail sticks out to me is that Whitney does the home cooked meal and the lingerie, but they'd be under the <laughs> like, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? It was like, I wouldn't serve him. I wouldn't serve him a meal in just the lingerie. Like they're like the lingerie's there, but they're, I still wore, I, I had to wear an outfit because you know, the health code <laughs> anyway, Andy Gay's like every guy's dream. It was like the 1950s. I loved it though. And he's like, yeah, but then I wanted more and I wanted to develop myself. And I have noticed, especially with Justin going back to work, like now we're both just doing our own thing and there's like a void. And Andrew's like, yeah, yeah. As a couple, I just, I want to, I, I want him to hear me. Right. Like I need to be heard because we're business partners. Are you feeling like you have a better work life than you do a marriage? Well, we haven't made time, Whitney, which is like embarrassing to say. We have not made time to be husband and wife, right? So it's like we're never alone. Also, if this is true, the fact that you would actually go on a reality show is like maybe put the time that it takes to go on a reality show into your actual marriage. 
a crazy thought. I know. Um, Whitney's like, when do you have sex? Jesus, Whitney, God. And Andy's like, we're like fighting, like even to get together with each other, like once a week, I feel like I need to go home and organize more date nights and like organize like more alone time. Don't organize it. NGK, just do it. <laughs> it's like Whitney and Nike, just do it. And he's like, do it, do it, do it. What am I missing right now? Like my husband back, I want my husband back the way I had him. I know Justin and I got to the point where it was just like, work is so hard. Like literally last November, it was our anniversary and we went up to Stillwell Spa and we literally asked each other, like, do you still want to do this? And he was like, do you? And I was like, I don't know. What? What? Whitney in a confessional goes, every marriage has its ups and downs, but Justin and I's current issue is that we are not the same people that we were when we got married 14 years ago. We are not. We are now trying to navigate how to run our household 50-50, and I'm no longer a stay-at-home mom. I have no businesses. I'm very busy. And the way that we communicate as a married couple is different than it used to be. I'm more outspoken than I have been in the past, so it's just all of those things combined. Angie's like, you guys seem so together. Looking at you from the outside, you guys seem together. Well, yeah, Justin hates when I say this, but I don't think it's natural to be married and monogamous. What? Zoinks? What? Angie's like, well, we are like animals. And if you read about animals, they don't stay. Also, this reminds me of Erica Jane of like, we're mammals. We all fuck people. We all, we're just mad. We're cold-blooded mad. We're animals. Eh. But I like, I mean, like, and she's like, we're animals. And if you read about animals, they don't stay. Like, what is going on? Whitney's like, I'm doing a damn good job at it, but it's hard. And then she's like, animals don't stay with the same mate their whole life unless they're a duck. Did you know that? And Whitney's like, what? See, I thought ducks would be sluts. I feel like that. Whitney was going for like a t-shirt slogan there. She was like, I, I want to make ducks would be sluts t-shirts. If this episode goes over well, we could, this is the new send it to Daryl. Send it, ducks would be sluts. <laughs> We've sold a million t-shirts of ducks would be sluts. <laughs> ducks would be sluts. Ducks. <laughs> ducks would be sluts. <laughs> Okay, I'm worried here. Like, what is going on? And like, Whitney's like, Whitney pretty much, like every time I see Whitney, like Justin is there. Like, I've you know, a couple of Bravo cons. Justin's always there. Super nice guy. But also I noticed that she hangs out, like, you know, she has her like gay posse that like, uh, you know, always like this kind of collective. But like, I'm like, who are like, are there like, like straight dudes like hitting on Whitney? Like, I just feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think this is complete bullshit. I think... But like, but then there's rumors. Remember they got the first season that they're swingers. Like what is going on? Like what's going on? And also if, like I said this last week, if you are bringing up these relationships on camera, then you're more likely to like have a secure marriage. It's when they get uncovered like Kyle and stuff like that. Um, that's when you got to worry when we start uncovering the mess before the cameras do. Um, but Whitney's like facing this head on if, you know, anything is going on at all. But I think this is thou doth protest too much. I don't think this is actually, I don't know, but we're all sexual creatures. We're animals, slutty ducks, that whole thing. But wow. Wow. Anyways, we come back to Meredith's house. Uh, they're setting up to record a podcast. Yeah. What I'm doing now. Yeah. <laughs> Everything that Meredith and Seth do for their podcast is a thousand percent. Exactly how podcasting goes down. This is exactly how it works, folks. It's amazing. 
Oh my God, I had to take like a 10 minute break. I'm not used to <clears throat> talking this. God, it must be if you give yourself like two and a half days off, your your voice gets sore pretty quickly. Um, so we're at the big Meredith <laughs> Meredith and Seth Marks podcasting segment. Hanging by a thread is their podcast. I want to give you a little detail. So this podcast was started on the show. We saw the evolution, but I want to, you know, let's follow me, if you will, to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, and just type in hanging by a thread. They have 10 episodes out so far. Now their first episode was released on September 12th, which coincided with the episode on Salt Lake city. God, we've been in this season for a long time. It guess how long the episode was 17 minutes, October 3rd. Then almost a month later was their second episode. That was also 17 minutes. Then they got into a more of a weekly schedule and we go up in, in time, the next one, 28 minutes. Next one was 31 minutes, 38 minutes, 38 minutes, 39 minutes, 25 minutes. And then four days ago, we had the Whitney and Justin episode, which we talk about in this scene. It coincides with the, the show itself. And that's 37 minutes. Like, shit, I've already done three of their podcasts just with this recap. It's, but it's not about the... It's not about the length. It's about the quality. And this is, this is, they, they already had the artwork done before they did the first episode. They're way ahead of the curve. Meredith is setting up for Whitney and Justin to be their guests and it's at their house. And she has like little Meredith Marks branded cookies that she's, I, I, I don't, um, which by the way, uh, cook, cook cat, Cook Cat, what's sorry, Cook Cat one two three, I think is the name. She made these amazing, so bad it's good cookies with like my logo on it that my mom got to see before she passed, and my mom loved it. My mom loved these cookies. I got to meet her at BravoCon, and she was just so great. Um, anyways, Seth is excited to record this episode. He's like, "Hey, where do you want Justin and Whitney to sit for this podcast episode?" And Meredith's like, "Um, I don't know. Wherever you think, Seth. This is." They've nailed the podcasting so far. Meredith in a confessional is like, Seth and I have wanted to get Whitney and Justin on the podcast for a little while now. I like that she's acting like she's been doing this for years. They've always been very high up on the guest list. Uh, it was Mandela, um, Whitney and Justin, Greta Thunberg, and, uh, but mainly Whitney and Justin. They were very high up on this list. Um, she goes, the podcast, <laughs> sorry. You know, the way things have been with me and Whitney, that was not an easy ask because, you know, there's been some tension, but I love that Meredith put certain tensions aside to get, this is for the podcast community. We get a flashback of Seth and Meredith having lunch with Justin and Whitney one week earlier. And, uh, Seth, Seth is like, uh, one thing, you know, one thing you guys are is emotionally aware. And Whitney's like, thank you for saying that Seth. And Seth's like, they would be amazing on our podcast, Meredith. They would be amazing. Meredith in a confessional is like, but after a couple of cocktails, we knew we would get a yes. What does that even mean? Like, what is... <laughs> Come on, if I liquor you up, who knows? Podcast could be the start. Then we could all wind up freaky deaky in a bed. I'm in Canton, Ohio. I'm having a foursome with good old Justin and Whitney. Just exploring each other's bodies in a positive manner over the communication that podcasting provides. Meredith. <laughs> uh, 
I wish podcasting worked this way. We hear the doorbell ring and we see Whitney and Justin arrive and Seth's like, they're here, honey. They're here. Seth has no pants on in this. No, <laughs> Seth completely naked. They've had to bar out his private parts. Uh, Merrick's like, oh, Fab, let him in, Seth. Let him in. They greet each other as they set up the table with the recording equipment. Uh, by the way, I will say I read their reviews and a lot of them are, uh, the reviews are horrible audio, <laughs> really bad audio. Um, and Meredith goes, Seth, your setup is really not pretty. Well, I'm not done yet, Meredith. I'm not done. Cause you're a dirty, stinky boy. I am. I'm always a dirty, stinky boy. Yeah. So is Justin. What is that? Like it's, it's already, the conversation is already headed into an uncomfortable manner for me. Like a, yeah, you want to clean us up? You want to get us maybe naked into a shower and make us clean boys? Yeah. Justin goes, I, I actually bathe regularly. Uh, Whitney's like, can I publicly apologize for commenting on your bathtub? Can I see your bathtub? Can we all go into your bathtub? Seth's like, oh my God, this is going exactly how I envisioned it. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Um, you know, because Whitney made that joke about the bathtub, but also no offense to Meredith Marks or Seth Marks, but I'm sorry. One of their scenes, they literally talked about putting fingers in each, like not fingers, <laughs> They put they put their uh, toe phalanges, their toes in each other's butts. I'm sorry. That deserves to be made fun of. Anyway, Seth's like, the bathtub is ready, Whitney. Yeah. And Mary's like, we're so good on the bathtub. Please, no. Seth's like, question 19. Would you like to take a bath with us? This might sound like I'm making up this dialogue. This is the exact dialogue. Anyways, Meredith's like, okay, anyways, welcome back to Hanging by a Thread with Meredith and Seth Marks. And Seth's like, joining us, Whitney and Justin Rose. And Whitney's like, I'm just curious with the theme Hanging by a Thread. Why were we your first couple invited? And Meredith's like, the whole concept is to talk about relationships and interesting relationships. And it doesn't mean that your relationship is currently hanging by a thread, but there is something of interest in your relationship that we thought would make you an excellent couple to come on. Ah, that's an honor. We're happy to be here. And Justin's like, yeah. <laughs> Justin said like 10 lines in four seasons, by the way. Whitney's like, and I think people are delusional if they don't think marriage is hanging by a thread every second. And Justin's like, it's always hanging by a thread. And Seth's like, I'm going to go to question 18 right away. Craziest place you guys ever had. Whoopee. Well, by the way, that's the 18th question. Seth, I need to know the first 17. Like, Hey, describe your nipples, Whitney. What are your, hey, what are your areolas look like, huh? Hey, don't leave anything out. Are there little bumpies on the circle part? Yeah, all right, all right. Question 20, can I see your tits, huh? Whitney's like, the one time I hid under your desk and got caught. And Justin's like, no, no, no. Whitney's like, HR walked in and I hid under the desk. Like, dear Jesus, please don't. So Whitney fully confirming the reports that, you know, obviously they met at that job and I think, he was her boss and they did like, I mean, this is the shit that her and Monica should be having a scene about. Cause like they both have been in a certain situation. Like this is, that's intense. Seth starts laughing. He's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is hot, hot stuff. Yeah. Tell me, don't leave anything out. And Mayor's like, so under the desk with a woman standing in the room. And when he's like, HR, the head of HR. And Mayor's like, stop. No. And just is like, we're going to leave it there. And Seth's like, you guys are authentic AF. What's the hardest thing you guys ever went through? 
Take us through it. Did it involve boners? And when he's like, hardest thing we ever went through, um, I would say his dad died. I was physically holding him when he passed. Justin couldn't physically be there. So I stepped up and I did it and I held his dad's hand. We put his mom and dad's hands together. It was like the real life notebook because that's what you do for your partner. And Justin says nothing. Justin's quiet. But that's like a really, man, that's really intense and it's beautiful. But that really is. I mean, that's, that's really beautiful. And so it's like, that's amazing. Anyways, back to sex. Meredith, you look a little emotional right now. And Meredith's like, yeah, it's just, it's really beautiful. And Seth's like, you're so lucky, man, to Justin. Justin's like, I know. And when he's like, so to Justin's credit, that's easy for me to step up in that moment because he steps up for me every day. Whitney in a confessional goes, Justin, you know, when he married me, he's not only signing up for me, he supported my dad. He did. He supported my dad with everything. And um, when, what happened to Whitney's dad, by the way? Uh, he supported my dad through his sobriety. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. Bless me. When we've had bad news about my siblings, Justin has stepped in to help. He's helped my mother. The shit I've put that man through, just me working my own stuff out. Most people would have left. Like, technically, I should be on husband seven. <laughs> Uncomfortable laugh. But it does, I mean, like, it, it's wild, man. Like, two people, we do grow differently sometimes. And you're not always on the same page. You're not always like this twin flame kind of thing, which is kind of bullshit. When he's like, that's marriage, and that's being with a partner. And marriage's like, everything you said, I think is probably both cathartic for you, but also very good for all of our listener to hear. And hopefully, we, you know, help some people with whatever they're struggling with. So thank you so much. I love you guys. And I'm so happy we did this today. Um, do you think their pod helped people? I mean, it could have. Whitney's like, is that a wrap? It's only been 37 minutes. And Mary's like, that's your wrap. <laughs> I've never been on this shirt of a podcast before. And Justin's like, whoop, whoop. Anyways, we come back. We're at Heather's arriving for the Pioneer Day lunch at Quiet Meadow Farm. She talks to Emily, the event coordinator, and checks out the setup. They have a bartender, a caterer, aprons and bonnets to wear. Now, folks... I've, I'm easily influenced, obviously. Now, I, I mentioned this on an Instagram story the other day, is that I was tipsy on Thanksgiving night. And I was, uh, you know, just going through the day and shopping, online shopping. A lot of It can make people happy, right? You, you end up buying a lot of stupid shit you don't need. And a lot of people can waste hundreds and, or thousands of dollars on online shopping. Now, I'm more responsible. I got something online it was only like 14 bucks. So I feel like I deserve this, but I was heavily influenced by this episode and I got my own bonnet. Look at this. If you're watching on YouTube or I'll post this on my Instagram, look at this, the beautiful blue bonnet. I saw these bonnets and I was like, shit, I got to get like, at first I was like, oh, that's stupid. But then, you know, I was like, I need a, I, I think I need a bonnet just a, it's a great conversation piece at parties. If I ever get invited, in fact, I think I have to go to the Spago party for a reality show thing on Wednesday night. Maybe I'll bring the bonnet. Cause that'll be like all, a lot of like professional people. And they'll be like, Ryan, um, I love your bonnet. Where did you get it? And then it'll just, why are you wearing it? That kind of thing. So I'm wearing this beautiful bonnet. It makes me feel like a man. Uh, very, I think it looks dope. Actually, this is really cool, but this is how serious I take this stuff is it just, it becomes a part of me and then I need to be a part of it. Uh, this is great for the reality show museum. Also we're doing bonnets in the scene, but also Heather has her big Arsenio Hall leather jacket on Arsenio Hall. 
Uh, he used to do this talk show, the Arsenio Hall show, and he would wear like oversized clothing all the time. And he used to have like this like patchwork leather jacket. He'd do all like different kinds of leather jacket. But Heather Gay has an Arsenio Hall leather jacket with all different color. I, I know I don't think that's the look she's going for, but it's the thing that I always reminds me of the most. Heather in a confessional goes, I got the message in Palm Springs that these ladies do not like to dress up, but the bonnets and the aprons, <laughs> they're a must. Okay, Heather, so you didn't get the message then. Like She's like, I want these prima donnas to feel a little bit of the grit that created in the great state of Utah. These bonnets are brimmed to keep the sun from our face, to keep the dust out of our mouths, and to keep us safe as we trudge across the plains. Heather, are you a good Mormon or a bad Mormon? Let us know. Meredith arrives first, and then Lisa, they all greet each other, get their drinks, and Lisa's like, why are there bonnets and dresses here? Oh my gosh, Heather Gay. And Lisa's, Heather's like, listen, I can't tell you, it's a surprise, but it's going to be worth it. Oh my gosh, no more costumes. And Meredith's like, we don't do costumes anymore. No. And Heather's like, okay, good. I would never make you guys do a costume. I would, however, ask you to partake in honoring our shared heritage, which is not a costume. And Lisa's like, um, what shared heritage? And Heather's like, you can pick the color that complements your outfit. Lisa's like, those aren't my roots. Are we really putting these on? Lisa and Meredith put on their bonnets and aprons and they're all laughing when Whitney walks up and Whitney's like, what the hell? And Lisa's like, that's what I said. And Whitney's like, what are you wearing? And Heather's like, what do you mean? You don't recognize our native attire? Whitney in a confessional goes, what the fuck is happening? You wrote a book about leaving the Mormon church. Why are we going back to where it started? As long as we are not making bows, I can go along with it. I think this is what it's like. Oh man, they don't even mention why Mary Cosby isn't there. Could you imagine? Hey Mary, put on a, put on this bonnet. Fuck you. Fuck you. No way. I pity the fool. Fuck you. No. <laughs> I like that they don't even mention Mary Cosby not being there. Anyways, Monica gets there. Monica's like, hi, Lisa. And Lisa doesn't respond. And Monica in a confessional goes, I woke up today and decided to choose peace. So yay. Happy to be here. But she says it like a smart ass. And Angie K finally arrives. And Angie K's like, the Humpty Dance is a... Ch no, she and Angie K's like, how dare you? I am not wearing a bonnet. Look at my hair. And it's all slicked back with a bun on top. And Lisa helps her get it on. She puts her apron on as well. Angie K's like, I guess I have to. Please don't kick me off this cast. Um, Angie's like, we just go... And they're like, they're just kind of gabbing. And they're like... Angie's like, we just go batch, batch, because they see goats and like, or sorry, sheeps. And then we see a shot of the sheeps and there's like, <laughs> there's the closed captioning and the sheeps go, did they just call me a bitch? And the other sheeps is like, yes, it's a cute little, it's a little funny. I don't know. That's what the show did. I didn't put that in there. Heather goes, okay, I would like to make a toast to all of my sister wives. Oh my God. We need to get these ladies on Coyote Pass on the actual sister wife show. I wanted to say thank you to the guy, you guys for showing up to the book event for my reading of Bad Mormon, which you can buy on Amazon. And it reminded me, April is the month the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was founded, April 6, 1830. And so I wanted to have some fun today and focus on the fun aspects of that, our heritage. We're going to, okay, but I, I know I keep, but we're not going to say how crazy it is. Like pick a lane. You either think the church is dangerous or you think the church is fun. Well, like, certain people are going to miss the first half of the season and go, oh my God, I'm going to join. I want to be a Mormon now. I want to wear a bonnet. We're going to do some fun pioneer crafts. So I hope you know how to churn butter by hand. So in honor of our differences, but also the things that bring us together, cheers. 
And Lisa's like, wait, what did the pioneers say? And Heather's like, they said, get your ass over to that barrel and keep your mouth shut. You're a woman. (laughs) So we are going to churn butter by hand. And all you need is heavy cream and some salt. If you like salted butter, you take your jar and you're going to fill the cream up halfway. Heather in a confessional goes, these types of crafts are deeply embedded in our culture. There are stories everywhere. You can buy jars to churn butter and yarn for handkerchief dolls. This is not something that I've had to seek out. How do you think I found Pioneer bonnets and aprons on a moment's notice? By the way, they're on Amazon. I found it at a moment's notice. I found it on like a tipsy Thanksgiving night. We see the ladies start to shake their jars to make the butter. And it's like, they do a lot of masturbation. A little, haha, look at us shaking it like jacking off, blah, blah, blah. Heather's like, just shake it. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. It's going to hit the top of the lid and the bottom. It takes six minutes. All you have to do is shake it. You're churning the butter, but you're churning it by hand. By the way, Meredith Mark's killing it. Meredith is like, and she's like bored. She's like, look at how easy I can jack this butter off. And Angie Kay is like dancing around trying to shake her jar. Like, and Heather's like, what is that? The maraca churn? That's not going to make your butter. It has to hit the top of the jar. It has to be like vigorous. And Monica's like, you know what, Heather? This is dirty. And Heather's like, it only takes six minutes. You guys have done this longer than six minutes. So just get into it. I'm going to refrain from saying any kind of thing right now. The ladies all laugh. And then we see a slow down clip of them shaking the jars with sexy music playing in the background. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Heather's like, I need you ladies to dig really deep. And Meredith's like, two hands. Here we go. All right. I like when Meredith uses two hands to churn sexy butter. Heather's like, so let's let our butter sit and we'll assess it in a minute. I want to show you our next craft. Uh, Meredith continues to shake her jar and brings it with her to the next craft station. And Meredith in a confessional goes, I raised my children that once you start something, you have to finish it. I don't see any butter on the table. Ah, yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right, Meredith. You got to finish anything you started. All right. This is hot. Uh, Lisa's like, what are we doing now, Heather? Okay. When resources were small, the pioneer children or their parents. Oh, sorry. This is Heather goes probably their moms would have to go find like a pine cone or a rock and they would take one of the handkerchiefs, draw a face and a little knot in all four corners of the handkerchief. And that makes little hands and feet. And Mary's like, sure, it's a dog. Oh my God, you guys, I watched this new documentary on Cabbage Patch Kids that I'm going to talk about this week. It's really good. Anyways, we see the ladies working on their dolls and Monica goes, Sister Gay is not fucking around. And when he's like, this is the weirdest day of my life. (laughs) And I bought my daughter a golf cart and she's 13. The ladies present their dolls to each other. Meredith names her dolls, her doll, the Pink Pioneer. Uh, By the way, these are horcruxes. These like feel haunted. I do need them for my reality show museum. Lisa's uh, doll's name is Trina the Trekker. (laughs) Angie Kay's doll's name is Greek. No, it's Margaret. Whitney's doll is my doll's name is Celestial. I like that. They're, these could all kind of be stripper names. Coming up next to the stage is Celestial. It's a dollar. You call it shot night. Celestial, welcome to the stage. Heather says hers, hers is named Eunice. And she's a good time girl. Not with that name, Heather. Um, okay. Everybody's churning butter, blah, blah, blah. Last is Monica. And Monica goes, this is Molly to represent Molly Mormon, which at one point I was. And now she bears a scarlet letter to remind all the other good pioneers on the trail. Since all of you are goody goodies, that is really what the church is about. Forgiveness and welcoming the black sheep into the fold. So Monica is trying to get people like, I'm the black sheep. Welcome me. We cut to Meredith still jacking off her butter. 
Uh, we come back from break. We um, Angie Kay's like, so are the bonnets staying on for the meal? And Heather's like, I think it's appropriate. And Lisa's like, I'm keeping the bonnet on because it's keeping the heat in. And Meredith goes, are we allowed to take a break from churning to eat or do we just keep churning? And Monica's like, yeah. No, we definitely want to take a break. The food comes out and Heather calls it Pioneer Comfort Foods. So you got ribs, macaroni and cheese, cornbread with Utah honey and funeral potatoes. Guys, I feel bad. I had never heard about funeral potatoes. I love potatoes. I just never heard about funeral potatoes. Uh, A lot of you guys had. I have not. So Lisa in a confessional is like, you know, I'm only a quarter of the way through the Book of Mormon, but I'm pretty sure in the sacred text, there's no talking about cornbread, mac and cheese and ribs. How would you know? And also, I love Lisa Barlow, but how are you only a quarter? <laughs> I love I love religion. How are you only a quarter of the way through the Book of Mormon? <laughs> so there's a chance, Lisa, if she got the full way through, she's like, oh my God, I don't agree with any of this. Oh my God. The first 25% was way chiller. Oh my God. Heather to Lisa goes, even though you're an East Coast Mormon, you've had funeral potatoes, right? And Lisa's like, I've never had them in my life. And Heather's like, you've never had them? Never in my life. And Monica goes, I love them. It's my favorite. And Heather goes, I can't even Mormon with you, Lisa. And Lisa's like, can we Mormon over like Jello? And Heather's like, these are staples at missionary farewells. Like Whitney, have you ever been to a missionary farewell without funeral potatoes? I make funeral potatoes all the time. I make the best funeral potatoes. And Lisa's like, you do? Drop the recipe, folks. Angie K goes, I love Mormon food. I thought Greek food was good. This is actually really good, though. It's really flavorful. <laughs> it's food. Yeah, it's food. Heather's like, right? And Whitney's like, I think this is the modern take. They probably just killed the deer and ate it. Ha 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 ha. Heather goes, okay, there's another game we're going to play. It's a pioneer favorite. It's called Who Do We Eat? No, it's called Who's On Your Wagon? We flash over to Meredith, still shaking that jar of butter. And Heather goes, okay, imagine you're on a wagon train. You're crossing the plain. The oxen are worn. You're at winter's quarters. The snow and early winter storm has come in and your wagon has too much weight. So one person has to go. Who do you throw off the wagon? By the way, this is an idea for Heather Gay. Please get this to Heather. Um, Maybe don't do a second book of, you know, Bad Mormon 2 Electric Boogaloo. Why don't you write a fiction book about a, a, a wagon train crossing? But it could also kind of be like a romance, like a dirty romance, like a bunch of Mormons. But like they're churning butter and like there's like sexy time. It's like Fabio's on the cover and it's like they're crossing the trail. But it's like it's really cold and to warm your body at night, you got to get close. And like you know what I'm saying? Like erotic thriller. Like, wouldn't that be great? Like this, she's describing this. Like, I'm like, this is your book right here, Heather. Anyways, Heather's like, okay, Lisa, who are you kicking off your wagon train? And Lisa's like, um, well, I'm a big supporter of women. Of course she is. So I would keep everyone, but the one that's the nastiest to woman. So Monica, you would have to go just because you're mouthy and mean to win. <laughs> <laughs> it's so so rude. And Monica goes, oh my God, you're so nasty. No, I'm not. <laughs> and Monica goes, you really are nasty. I'm honest. There's a difference. And Monica goes like, that's not honest. That's not a difference. And she's like, she goes, that's not honest. She's making fun of Lisa. She's like, that's not honest. That's not a difference. 
you're just nasty. And Lisa's like, you like my voice so much. You like to use it all the time. I love that. And Monica in a mocking voice again goes, I hate your voice so much. Actually, I think it's really annoying. I don't think that's your real voice to be honest. And Lisa goes, you wouldn't know because we're not friends. And Monica's like, no, we're not. We're not. Heather in a confessional goes, okay, one of the main goals of this brunch is for Monica and Lisa to make amends so that we can go on this trip without all of the tension. And Lisa opens up with nasty to women. Couldn't she have said something a little softer, like we're scared you'll sleep with our brother-in-laws or something that we could have come back from? That's uncalled for, Heather. Monica goes, you know what's nasty is making comments about someone's parent not wanting them. We get a flashback to Monica saying... You're not my mother to Lisa at the Prism event. And Lisa going, no one wants to be your mother. And Monica goes, the real nasty bitch here is you. And Lisa's like, you called your mom Ted Bundy. We get a flashback to Monica saying, my mom was very charismatic, just like the serial killer Ted Bundy. And Monica goes, the real nasty bitch here is you. No, you called your mom Ted Bundy. And Monica's like, that's it, period, in a story. And Lisa goes, and anyone that could talk about their mother like that will never be your friend. And Monica goes, oh my God, Lisa, give me a break. And Lisa goes, Ted Bundy used to kill people. Have sex. <laughs> This is so Ted Bundy used to kill people, have sex with them, decapitate them and eat them. That's nasty. Guys, this is so ridiculous. And it's so ridiculous that Lisa had three. Oh my God. I've done research on Ted Bundy. How, like I love, like, I mean, this is just used to kill people. Have sex. I mean, this is all true. And by the way, rest in like fuck Ted Bundy. Right. But the fact that we're like going into details about Ted Bundy and then this confessional with Whitney takes it a step further. Whitney goes, I'm not up to date on my serial killer facts, but I'm pretty sure it was Jeffrey Dahmer that ate people, not Ted Bundy. Thanks for the clarification. Did we need that, by the way? <laughs> it's like the class system in the Mormon heaven. Like there's like, oh, Ted Bundy was the cool serial killer that didn't eat people. I think he would have got there. I think, you know, if he didn't, I think he would have eventually got there. But I like that when he's like, wait a sec, you just made a big faux pas. That's Jeffrey Dahmer. You must feel like an idiot. <laughs> I'm Seth Marks. We've been wanting to get Jeffrey Dahmer on the show for a while. Jeffrey Hey, question 18. Hey, what the, what's your favorite body part to eat? Huh? Me and Meredith were wondering. Anyways, Monica's like, it makes sense that you liked the fakest one because fake likes fake. Like, just be quiet. And Lisa's like, no, because we weren't done. We weren't done. And Monica's like, no, I was done. I was done. We were not done with that. And Angie K starts tapping on her glass with a fork. She's like, hey, remember the Greek wedding? Remember the Greek wedding? Had to get the fucking Greek word in there. And Lisa's like, no, you don't get to tell me when we're done. And Monica's like, and you don't get to tell me, Lisa. Angie's still tapping on the glass. Angie's like, wait, this is not okay, okay? Okay, okay, okay. And Angie stands up. Monica's like, you are so nasty on the inside. You are so ugly. And Lisa's like, I hate liars. There's nothing uglier than a liar. Not even Ted Bundy. <laughs> Monica's like, you don't know shit. And Angie's like, Monica, Monica. And Heather's like, Monica, bring it down a level. And Monica's like, no, come for her. She's the one that sits down and starts with me. And when he's like, Monica. And Angie's like, I want to say something. And Heather's like, you're being crazy. And Monica goes, I have never done anything to her. And then Angie K goes, Monica. Opa! And throws the glass and breaks it on the ground. So Monica, the Greek rallying cry, Opa! And breaks the glass. I mean, Greeks everywhere must have just been like standing, clapping this week. Like, oh, she, Opa! She's like, be quiet for a minute. 
Every time Angie K says Opa, uh, a Greek angel gets their wings. Monica goes, the hypocrisy is like next level here. Monica in a confession goes, the fact that I'm being made to feel like I'm in the wrong when I'm just defending myself is very triggering for me. Okay, 2024, let's let's dial back the use of triggering. All of us. Um, She goes, I think this is very similar to situations with my mom where it's like, you can say disgusting, awful, hurtful, mean things, but you're never in the wrong. Heather in the scene goes, come on, Monica, come on, get up, bring your butter. Yeah, let's bring you. Let's not get this butter ruined. We got to get some butter out of this. Monica gets up and follows Heather away from the table. And Heather's like, wait, are you crying, Monica? Why? You're like a different person now. What's going on? And Monica's like, I'm just being quiet. And Heather's like, but we have to announce a trip. And Monica goes, I'm not going. You're not going. Why? What did she say to hurt you to that point? Why wouldn't you want to go? Monica goes, what? Heather's like, I'm being sincere. I don't understand. And Monica's like, were you not just at the table? And there's like, yeah, but it was tit for tat. It was both of you guys equal. And Monica's like, no, it was all of you. And Heather's like, Lisa's fine. She's smiley. Monica goes, all of you against me. She fucking sit down and came right for me. And Heather's like, no, she didn't. It was a game. And Monica's like, that was not a game. And Heather's like, it was a game. And Monica's like, it was not a game. It was a pioneer game. It's, it's ridiculous. But Lisa did come for her immediately. Like, I would not. I, I, I support women, except for mean ones like Monica. Anyways, Lisa goes, you know what? Hold on. Lisa gets up from the table, walks over to Monica and Heather. And Lisa goes, hey, listen, if you need for me to acknowledge that your mom's not nice to you, I'm sorry. And by me saying I saw her being nice does not mean I negate any of your feelings. So Lisa's like a half-ass kind of like, hey, here you go. Lisa in a confessional goes, the bottom line is Heather put a lot of effort into this lunch and this trip she planned for all of us. And if it means like talking to Monica and like working this out, I'm willing to do it. But Lisa knew this going in, so she should have chilled, but it makes for a good scene. Lisa goes, is that where I missed? And Monica's like, I don't know. I just, I'm going to apologize for saying you were ugly. I didn't mean that. And Lisa's like, thanks. It shouldn't be this way. We didn't start off this way. Heather walks away. Lisa goes, you know what I mean? Let's just take a deep breath. Move forward. Come on. Lisa and Monica go back to the table. Some of the ladies still shaking their butter jars. Six minutes, my ass. Meredith goes, okay, are we peaceful? We don't have to be besties, but are we peaceful? You know what I'm saying? Meredith is in the background. Lisa's like, Monica, apologize. We're going to move forward. Heather's like, okay, ladies, these are not just play settings, you guys. These are actually invitations from Monica and me to go on a spectacular girls trip to a foreign passport required location that we couldn't do last season because Jen Shaw was wanted by the police. All the ladies cheer. And Heather's like, that we want to share with you, but I need Monica to find her energy and help me announce it. And Monica just stares at Heather. Angie Kay's like, come on, Monica, Greek. Monica sighs and she just goes, she trills with her mouth for some reason. Heather goes, okay, so these are the clues. The first clue is where we're going is easy. So why would a seashell be important? And Whitney's like, because we're going to the ocean where Jeffrey Dahmer liked to go. And Heather's like, we're going somewhere near the ocean. In fact, we're going to an island. And Whitney's like, there's an island? And all the ladies are cheering. Heather's like, it's somewhere with what, Monica? You tell them. You're the only person here who's seen it. And Lisa's like, pink sand in an ocean. And Heather goes, pink sand. Get your pink sand out. There's like these little bottles with pink sand in it. And Whitney's like, pink sand? And Heather's like, pink sand beaches. Does anyone know where pink sand beaches exist? And Lisa goes, Bermuda? 
And Monica was like, oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh, how did you guess that? And Heather's like, you're the smartest one here. We're going to Bermuda. Monica used to go there for summers with her grandmother. And Lisa's like, it's part of the New York mission. And Heather's like, it was a huge, it has a huge Portuguese community. And Monica, tell them why there's a tiny little skull. And Monica goes, because we're all going home to hell, to devil's triangle where we all belong. Like really dour. And Heather's like, okay. And Monica starts crying. And Heather's like, are you okay? And Monica goes, I feel done. I'm done. I'm spent making really wild hand motions. And Heather goes, okay, so um, we're not going on this trip. And Monica's like, I really don't think it's a good idea for me to go. That's how I feel right now. And Heather goes, well, we planned it around you and Bermuda and your grandmother and the summers you spent there. And Monica's like, yeah, that was very different. And Heather's like, this is a totally different energy. Like you were attacking her full force and now you're crying and acting like we all came at you. And Monica in a confessional goes, I always really wondered why Jen never had anything nice to say about Heather and Lisa. And now I know exactly why. First off, Jen Shaw is a kook. But I love that Heather Gay lived up Jen Shaw's ass and Jen Shaw allegedly just talked shit about Heather nonstop. That's what like that's why I was always so pissed that Heather like stood up for Jen so hard because you knew deep down that Jen did not feel the same for Heather. Also, Heather, you know. Have you learned it? I don't know, man. Birds of a feather. Heather goes, well, Bermuda is going to be great fun. Where is that, Monica? And Monica's like, y'all killed her real quick. She's dead. Like Taylor Swift said. Ooh, we got a Taylor Swift reference in there. Heather makes her fart face, her Kim Zolciak-Bierman face. like, "Mm, And Lisa's like, what? And Monica goes, she's dead. Next time on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, we have Seth Seth Marks asking Heather, hey, what's your ideal type of man? And she goes faceless and wears a ski mask. (laughs) Then we have Heather telling Angie Kay that she doesn't want Pioneer Day Part 2 in Bermuda. Then Heather says she has learned she never knows what she's going to get with Monica. And then we also see a quick clip of Monica and Lisa possibly at a bar together. We see Whitney telling Justin, I've got a really bad message. Then we have Monica meeting with Mary and tells her Lisa gets nasty. And Mary's like, "Uh uh-huh. And then Lisa and Meredith are meeting and she tells Meredith the whole thing with Angie K felt icky. Then we see Lisa and Whitney fighting. Whitney says, it's always all about you. And Lisa walks away crying, going, fuck this. You guys, what an episode. So bad it's good as back, baby, after a three-day hiatus. I hope you guys had the best Thanksgiving. Remember, this is a Sunday episode. We're coming back Monday with the Pop Culture Roundup with Sophie Ross, which I'm going to do later today, then a Beverly Hills recap, and then we're back to normal, baby. I love you guys, and uh, I hope you have a great, great rest of your weekend. Also, thank you to Laura Beth Harp for these notes. And uh, if you like the podcast, uh, remember, five-star review and Patreon tomorrow. We're doing the uh, the live Patreon, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Bye. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.